Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Muir, founder of Muir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. All right, Tyler, we've been, I've been lately, this has been great. Like I always say, my favorite episodes are when we have guests and we got yeah. another guest today, which is a good friend of mine, good friend of yours. Yeah, exactly. We've got Kurt Boudreaux, who is the principal chair of C12 south louisiana and you're probably wondering what c12 is and so kurt's going to give us a little background on that and tell us yeah. his story yeah so um thanks for having me on the podcast yep. and uh i'm enjoying i'm going to enjoy talking about uh lots of good things today in terms of roi and where that can take us um yeah so i uh, i spent most of my career in um rotating equipment and sales and management and um Became an elder at our church and just struggled to blend that uh, that faith in business. And uh, I found out about C12 and uh, began praying about that. And uh, so anyway, C12 is a peer advisory group for Christian business owners, and uh, we meet monthly. And uh, you're a member, obviously, and uh, yep. that's how we got connected. Yeah. And so, yeah, we connected randomly through C12. Yeah. It's almost like—and and let me frame the discussion a little bit. We're talking here about the ROI— of running a faith-led business. Yeah. I guess that's how yeah. you would describe it. C12's mission is business as a ministry. Yeah. And so we'll kind of unpack that a little bit, but I will say kind of with that random encounter, which was on LinkedIn, I saw a friend at a meeting with Kurt, and I'm like, what is this C12 thing? And they're talking about faith and business, and, and I'm over here going, I'm a Christian, and, and I'm, I want to make an impact, and I'm thinking, how do I do that? And so that's where it started for me was yeah. the, when you, you know, kind of – when I learned about C12 was this, how to run a business that would glorify God, Yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and I don't think that encounter was supposed to be as random. I think I was supposed to introduce you guys, <laughs> but I, mean, I, failed, you could, I failed I would imagine it's pretty uh, ordained. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, I, was, I wasn't going to say you dropped it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I want to kind of, you know, from you get, I can say, and I'll, and I'll add some color to the discussion about, like, what's C12, what I've learned. But kind of tell me your experience getting caught up in C12 and then and then ultimately being feeling led to be a chair. Yeah. And what does that look like and what how would you describe that? Yeah, so you know, I always struggled um, to be excellent at what I did, but then to to bring my faith like when you go talk to a customer how do you how do you drop that you're a Christian? How do yeah. you right? Um, you know, and so I, as I um, as I became more and more committed to just living out my faith, I learned some things in how to how to do that. But then working for an employer that doesn't you know have the same um, convictions yeah. made it a bit challenging. Yeah, and uh, and so as when I came across marketplace ministry, I mean, I was. 40 years old, I had never heard some of the concepts that I, I found, businesses, ministry, marketplace ministry, um, and it really intrigued me. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I could say the same thing. It's like you start thinking about it really, really what business as a ministry and a kingdom-minded business or however you want to describe it, when that kind of resonated with me, it's like, okay, there's something bigger at play here. And I know we all say that. We all say yeah. that, right? Like, yeah. you know, I live for the glory of God, and I want to, and I want to honor Him with my work, and I want to be excellent because all those things are God honoring, right? Being excellent at your job, your word is your word, all of these things. About we all agree on that. 
But then we start to think like, okay, but what is that? I get all that, and I think I'm doing that. But what does it really mean to say, no, that is what I'm trying to make an impact here? Right. Because for me, right, I'm an account. I'm an accountant. I'm running an accounting firm. We can say all that, but at the end of the day, I still got to do accounting and tax work. Right. right. How do I do that? Yeah. And love people and impact them. Right. What did you, what did you learn from C12 where you said, okay, I get that now? Like some practical things, and I want I'll give some of the things I've I've learned as well. Well, from a business owner standpoint, it starts with realizing that I don't I don't own this business. Right? Yep. God owns this business, um, and that's a that's a big deal, right? Because yep. if you've built this business, if you you know, you, it's easy to say, "Man, this is mine." Yeah. Um, but when we really think about it, God bought us, right? We were bought with a price, and so you start to okay. Well, if if I'm owned by God, if God is my king, it's then everything that I have is his. And it's easy to say, well, my wife, my kids, right? My kids are his. Right. But when it comes to business and money, it gets a little <laughs> bit tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I've I've heard from quite a few business owners that have done some pretty crazy things with their business in that vein. Yeah. And that's really inspiring. Yeah. And for me, it just started to be like, okay, okay, I'm doing accounting and tax work. Okay, we get that. And consulting and whatever we do. But it's like, but also I'm loving. Yeah. Like how am I, you know, how am I listening to my employees about their needs? How am I hearing a customer who's going through a tough stretch? You know, like, I guess what I'm saying is your work, it gives you avenues into people's lives and ultimately to touch their soul through just, like you said, the opportunities, like you're, you're, you're a salesman, you want to, how right. can I bring a guy? Well, it's through relationships. Right. And so I, I think if I get the bigger picture of this, it's like, okay, God, you've given me, to your point, God, you, you have this business. You've put me here as the steward of it. What am I to do? Right. Well, I'm to, Quentin is an example, he's right there. I'm to he, listen and help him when I hear a need or, or he brings something to the table, how can I help? How can I love you? How can I support you? Just to, you know, and, and, and I think for a lot of people, you know, they still say things like, this is a family here at work. But right. family's messy. That's right. Like, if you're going <laughs> to really right. do this family thing and live to the glory of God, yeah. you got to get in the mess with some people. Yeah. And I think what that taught me was there's some times when you're, like, it's relationship thing. And if you're going to, Marcus, you're really going to be about business at a ministry, it's going to get messy and you're going to have to deal with some people. Is that yeah. kind of, I yeah. mean, I say deal with some people. You're going to have to use what God is stewarding through you to reach people, to help people. Right. Yeah, and I don't think it's forced. I think it's intentional, but it's not forced. Correct. Um, and you know, so many people think, well, if I'm going to be a Christian in business, like I'm going to beat them over the head with a Bible. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it it starts there. It really starts at caring for your people, building those relationships, um, getting to know their problems and challenges. Um, at some point, the opportunity will come up where they're going to trust you enough to ask you questions that lead to the important conversations. Well, I think, yeah, and I think to that point, the, the ultimate conversation always comes back to, why do you care, right? I mean, you're always looking for opportunities as a Christian because you've been, I mean, you know how radically changed your life is with yeah. your encounter with Jesus. Jesus has changed your life. He shaped your heart. Right. He's He's, you know, they said they replaced replaced a heart of stone with a heart of flesh, like all that stuff. Right. So you're looking for opportunities to say, "Let me tell you why I love you." It's because I was loved first. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so 
I don't think you don't get there unless you said like you, you gave a great example. It's not through these overt right. exp- or, or, uh, overt expressions of faith, like you said. Because right. I tend to do that. I think not in faith, but if I'm gonna do something, I gotta make this big step. Right. No, it's it's really just day to day character and how you love, which then opens up the opportunities to say, well, this is why. Yeah, I was loved first. Yeah, with all my flaws. Yeah, but but what you do intentionally gets them to that point. What would you? Okay, so kind of walk me through that because I know what you're talking about. But like when you say what you do intentionally, give me some examples yeah. of that. So so one of the things is how do you care for your employees? Maybe it's a caring program. Maybe it's a uh, using your mission, vision, values in ways that begin to express what you believe. Yeah. And then as you move those through the organization, as you talk about. Um, your values, it opens up opportunities for people to engage with that or to pull away from that. Uh, we often talk about you know having the right people in your company or having the right people, uh, right seats on the bus, right? And so um, that can help you move those relationships along and pr- possibly um, have you identify which relationships really need to be part of your organization. Yeah, because I, I, I think when you're saying that too is like another thing I, I so you've got the two extremes right you got the I'm never going to do anything uh, you know work is sacred in the sense that it's meant to be secular and I check my faith at the door and then you've got the well I can't go over the top zealous right but then you've got this but then you've also got this but I also want to be smart and intentional right uh, which I think is what you're speaking to right. which is like okay we have a culture of trying to love people, help them, support them, care for them. But then let's get organized about it. Yeah. And I think that right there, I'd like this, you to speak a little bit on that because I do think some people would then start to equate that with the, what you mentioned, the beat them over the head with the Bible right. stuff. So kind of give me some, ex- like, your thoughts around people being organized but not maybe overzealous yeah. would be a good wor- way yeah. to put it. No, it's good. I mean, when you think about the staff that you have, they have a lot of different whys. Everybody comes to work for a different reason. One of the things you can do is to begin to understand through one-on-ones with your employees, begin to understand why are they here. And then you can begin to build uh, a program that answers that why. Um, You can can have them serve. You can have them be part of the the opportunities that you're you're putting. And, you know, we talk about um, cultures that are engaging, right? Um, life-giving work is the number one reason why people want to go to work in all facets, not just Christians, in all facets. And so um, when you think about that, how can I make an accounting practice life-giving? Well, there's going to be the relationships, there's going to be opportunities for them that uh, allow them to use their spiritual gifts, allow them to experience the, uh, the life of Christ in your organization without ever um, inviting them to a Bible study per se, right. or in bringing the Bible out. It's that, it's that building that relationship and that rapport um, is what, you know, is what typically gets the, the ball moving in that regard. Tyler, I'd be curious what your thoughts are because you've, you've kind of been in terms of business, you've, you've had teams, you've been solo, you've kind of been back and forth. Mm-hmm. When you came across C12, it was kind of at the point where you were consulting, but is, was this ever something you thought of I me mean, kind of when you're running pixel brush and you had the team and you got you know developers and you got marketing guys like was this ever something like where were you approaching your faith in the marketplace when you were running a team 
Yeah, I probably had that ingrained in me, like you just mentioned, that secular, sacred divide. Um, In terms of like how I would have approached my business, it was very much... uh, there was only one ROI that I <laughs> <laughs> that I cared about, right. but but personally, I knew I was called to to treat people a certain way. I knew that I like in my own integrity, I had to be honest. We had, and so it trickled down into things. Like one of our values was being candid, and so just knowing that that was that was because of my faith, you know, I mean, I think uh, I'm sure there's non-Christian businesses or business owners that, you know, hold honesty up as a a value, but that's where it rooted from for me to know that, look, I've given my employees the ability to say, if a client calls and you, you screwed something up and you got to tell them, then that's okay. Cause that's honest. And that's, we're going to be candid, you know, we're not going to try to sweep things under the rug. Um, it mattered in terms of how, uh, we, we probably, um, did more team building things than maybe the average company because I cared about how people felt and was this like when y'all did that dance class? Yeah, exactly. We took. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my that that sums up my uh, my my business faith in business. Ministry. Yeah, yeah. Hip hop. Tyler likes classes. the more hip hop. Yeah, exactly. We took uh, hip hop classes as a team. <laughs> so I don't know. I definitely still had that probably. Again, I was like you guys. I didn't really have a concept necessarily yeah. or a model for it other than just my only models for business were very secular. I looked at guys like Tim Ferriss and yeah. um, Mark Cuban and I even – Gary wrote, v? Yeah, I even wrote an article in the BU whenever like Elaine – Aileen, sorry, uh, interviewed me. It was like sum yourself up in five words and it was like Mark Cuban versus Jesus Christ. So I didn't have a way to square right. that circle. Yeah. I, it was competing ideas. So You could see the dichotomy. In, yeah. yeah. So I was probably very much like you, just like, I don't know how this is supposed to, to right. work. You know, yeah. I just know that, like, I've got these things that I feel, you know, but then I've also got this business around. I've got to build websites at the end of the day. I don't know how all this. Yeah, that's what I'm know. saying. Like, I'm, I'm just doing accounting. Yeah. Right? Like, how do I do um, it to the glory of God? One thing I think of, too, is like... Um, well, I don't want to. Yeah, keep keep talking, Kurt, because you got good, you got good stuff to say. I guess my question would be: Let's t- asking more about what is that? Um, like, paint a picture of of maybe through some examples or um, maybe some some coaching that you guys give about like first steps or like what are some ways to kind of paint a picture for what it could look like? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when you think about business as ministry and you think about blending your faith into your business, the first and most important thing is mission, vision, values. You have to be clear about who you are and what you believe. Um, Beyond that, um, it depends on, um, you know, do you have an all-Christian workforce? Do you have an all-non-Christian workforce? So it's going to change. If you have an all-Christian workforce, you might start having Bible studies and think about spiritual development. If you don't, it might be an evangelistic campaign. You know, it may be, how do I reach these people without bringing in the Bible? Um, I've talked to uh, business owners who've said, you know, my people don't, they don't know Jesus. I have to go in with a completely different approach. So it's, it's a long game. It's slow steps one by one. Um, and, you know, you got you to gotta fit the approach to the people that God's given you. But the important part is, as you think about the, the souls that work for you, um, 
it gives you some, it makes you think it's got to be more than just the money, right? God's given me people. The only thing that's gonna that's gonna last in this room are the three of us. Everything else is gonna yeah. is gonna go away. And so, if it's not about the people in the organization, I don't know what I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's interesting when you said that because the first thing I thought of when you said God's given me people is like the iron the I- irony of a Christian you're like yeah to a sinful man <laughs> like, like yeah God you've, you've given me people under my care yeah. and man I'm I'm not the best right yeah um, well, go ahead well I, just, I think about what I was gonna bring up earlier too is like I just think about the difference in responsibility um, and that was probably what I thought of the most in sort of my faith and owning a business and being responsible for people and responsible for things is just like, how do I, how do I approach that responsibility? And in some ways, like when you talk about ROI, like you can try to like, you try to push that responsibility off in certain ways, like instead, like in terms of like, I mean, just healthcare, for example, might be a thing. You know what I mean? Where like, okay, well, if I do this a certain way, then I'm not responsible for mm-hmm. healthcare. If I do um, this, I won't be liable for that or whatever. And so it's a different, like, leaning into being responsible for people is a different Mindset. mentality yeah. than maybe a normal one. You know what I mean? But I think that's a Christian ethic. That's what Jesus taught is right. like. You know, it's extreme care and extreme responsibility for people, not and not transactionally either. You know, right. which is a totally foreign concept in terms of just manager, employer, employee like right. relationships. You well, know? yeah, and I and I think too, it's also what's funny about all this is that it's really good business. You know, yeah. we you know we don't want to, and we can say that. I mean, it, that's not the that's not the aim or the mark, right? Right, it's to really genuinely care for people, but it is good business. And so, we were Kurt and I were at Current Twenty Three, which is C12's biannual conference, and they had breakout sessions. And one breakout session, just I'm still thinking about it. And it was about it was this it was this guy who's a CEO of a uh, a building supply business, like 700 employees. It's a, he's the third CEO, but the first CEO that's not a family member. So he's coming in from the outside, like, you know, going to shake things up. I want to, this is a business, not in need of a turnaround, but in need of a new, yeah. some new life. And he said something was so great. He said, what I realized was, and which is a lot of people do, is that they say the customer is who you focus on. You know the term, the customer is yeah. always right. Mm-hmm. He said, you cannot deliver a better customer experience than your employee experience. And it ju- and he just then rattled off what it looks like. He goes, I walked into a bank when I was doing consulting work. Before oh, I got the seat. Now I know why he got your attention. Oh, yeah. No, no. Banking. My <laughs> hobby horse. <laughs> and so he goes, I walked into a bank. I was doing consulting work before I got the CEO gig. And I walked behind the teller counter. And there's a sign above the tellers that the tellers can see, but you as a customer can't. And it says, greet everyone by name and smile. He goes, okay, that's interesting. So he said, but I was meeting with the C-level executives. So I take the elevator up. And he said, I walk into the meeting. He goes, guys, I got one simple question. Do you greet everyone you know by name and smile at them, all of your employees? And he said their heads just dropped. And he was like, how can you expect them to deliver a better experience to the customer 
then you deliver to them. You don't even know their names. And he was like, we do everything, an inordinate amount, to love and care for our employees. One, because he's a Christian. Yeah. But also, it's good business. He goes, you want to deliver a great customer experience? Let your employees who've had a great employee experience delivered to them, deliver that. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, mind blown. It's like we know that. Mm-hmm. We know that, but it was so inward focused, not in a selfish way. Yeah. Ah, like, did you, I don't know if you were in that yeah, session. Or I was, you, yeah. The thing uh, that, that jumped out at me was his last point where he talked about uh, companies that extract as much as they can from employees while yeah. they're there versus companies that invest in employees while they're there. I mean, it goes to that same point. Like yeah. somebody that's been felt like they've been taken from is not going to be somebody that's going to be a great ambassador for your business yeah um maybe they will if they're compensated well but even then it breaks down yeah yeah i mean it's just it works yeah yeah Kurt, yeah. what would you what are some of the first things you tell business owners like maybe a christian business owner who was like you a couple years ago and didn't even know that this world could existed. be blended yeah. yeah yeah i mean we often think about ministry in the context of the church, like in the four walls. Um, and if, we, if we're committed, we might think of ministry in the context of volunteering and nonprofits. But it generally stops there. And so we spend half of our lives, half of our waking lives, working. And if you don't bring your faith into that environment, you're missing out. That's really the, the thing I like to tell people. You're missing out on seeing God work in your life half of, half of your life because <laughs> you're not bringing him into that context. Yeah, that's a great point. You don't even think about it nominally. Right. Like you just think right. about, okay, I go to church and I'm, you know, I, I love people and I try to care for them. And like you said, I volunteer. You, even, you know, when you, when you really get religious, right, they, oh, I, I volunteer. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's like, but I've got all these people under my care. Literally, who are looking at me as a leader, whether you're a business owner or a sales manager or something, you've got some influence. Right. And so that's, yeah, that's when you start to bring it home about the, the, the nomin like the time, like that really resonates with yeah. me. It's like, man, you could live your whole life with half of it just not even used. Right. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. I mean, Tyler, you're, you're in a pastor role now. So move from business to pastor. And, if you think about the time that you have with even the best Christians in the church, um, you get right. Go ahead, keep right. going. Yeah. You know, you're oxymoron. Sure. Yeah. Right, best Christians. Well, but I the, only I only hang well with the best. So, the most righteous, you'd yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. So you get an hour, maybe twenty minutes on uh, a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, you get um, maybe a, a lunch. Right, you get yeah. maybe a, a meeting, so a couple of hours a week. Sure, um, the influence is strong, right, because of the position you have. But Marcus, you're with people thirty, forty, fifty hours a week, depending on the week. Yeah, um, that's fifteen, twenty times the the amount of time and influence. Um, it's just, it, I feel like we squandered if we're not. Yeah, not and not to that. mention too, like the expectations, you know, like. I just meaning like if I like let's say I go to lunch with somebody and I like 
ask, I care about them at lunch. Well, great. Yeah. <laughs> but but <Right>. like, <laughs> like that's a little bit expected if we're just being honest, you know, especially now that I've, you know, like, I'm yeah, gonna you're probably her, telling yeah, them I'm going to pray for you yeah, and you move on. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not like, that's not shocking. Um, but yeah, if when I'm managing employees or whatever, and I, I take that time and I invest and I, uh, and, and not in a, you know, not making people a project, but just because right. of, like you said, Marcus, because we were loved first and because we, I mean, we have the spirit that leads us to, to operate with patience and understanding and love and kindness like that, those encounters, you know, they're a little bit more out of place. And so they get more, they're more surprising maybe. Yeah. yeah you, that's interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that thing because I think people, if you, if you hear us you know, maybe wrong or through the wrong lens. You told me, you said people are a project. We're a project. Yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the point. Right. Like no, no better, no worse, just freely giving the, the great gift that we've been given the gospel of yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, when it comes down to it, that's all you're saying when you're saying I'm, I have a responsibility. It's, it's a responsibility, but it's a joyous one. It's like, no, no, I've been given salvation through a savior. Why wouldn't I tell people? Right. Why wouldn't I say, you can have this too? It's it's not because they're less than, right. and you're greater than. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and so I'm glad you brought that point home because I think if you're you're listening to this and maybe you're you know you're like, well, you don't share the same faith as us. I know Christians can come off as that, and, and shame on them. You know, when we do come off as self righteous and and looking at people as less than, but it's no, it's no. I know how. I know I need yeah. one. <laughs> I know I need a savior. It's not from a point of uh, uh, superiority. Well, and going back to C twelve, like I didn't, I didn't get involved with C twelve because I thought everybody else needed it. I got involved <laughs> in, with C twelve because I knew I needed it. Yeah, I needed to point. think about work uh, from the context of ministry and and how could I learn new ideas um, on on using my faith and using my my witness. Yeah. Um, you know, to do excellent things in work. I heard it said it wasn't in a business ministry context, but I heard it said years ago um, that you use work to get people done, that God uses work to get people done. And I think that's a great mentality when you're saying, okay, we've got to get the work done, but in that working is how God's going to work on people. Um, That's good. All right. I don't know if you can top that. Um, That's a good place to end it, I think. how do people how do people find out more about what you're doing and and where they where can they find you? Yeah, so uh, C12 South Louisiana on Facebook, uh, joinc12.com on the web. Um, reach out to Marcus. Re- reach out to uh, Brody Hewland. He's a member as well, and a few others. And uh, or you can reach out to me directly. And um, I look forward to talking with any business owner that wants to uh, grow their business. Uh, help their people grow and see God work in their business more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, man. It's been great. Appreciate it. Until next time. See you guys. Bye.